you are listening to the Green Industry Perspectives Podcast, presented by Single Ops, a podcast created for green industry professionals looking for best practices, tactics, and tips in running their tree care or landscape business. Thanks for coming back to another episode of Green Industry Perspectives, presented by Single Ops. My name is Jay Worth, and I'm very fortunate to have with me today here, uh, John Lewis. John is the Manager for Member Engagement for the Midwest at TCIA. John, how are you doing today? Jay, I'm doing great. Up here in New Hampshire, a little rainy, a little cold, but uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't be anywhere else. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hey, John, uh, we ask each guest this, uh, the same question at the beginning of every show. We just want to provide some immediate value for our listeners. So in your experience uh, working with tree care companies all across the Midwestern United States, what are some of the common threads, like maybe top three things you see that uh, successful tree companies are doing? Sure. I, I think top three, I, I, I think in investment and empowerment in teams is is one of the Number one things, long-term planning to be a successful company and determined to constantly improve, which is a really kind of a relevant term these days. Hmm. I love it. Um, I can't wait to dive more into each of those topics uh, as the show goes on here. Uh, John, if we would uh, just kind of back up, give everybody listening to this a kind of a, a short uh, overview of your career in the green industry, how you got into it and um Explain a little bit about what your role at TCIA looks like. Yeah, of course. So I, I got into the green industry in college. I actually did tree care for about, about six months in between in between semesters, did that. And, you know, I worked for a tree care company that um, wasn't as professional or operated at a very ethical level. So I've got a little experience working for a company that mm. didn't really, yeah, I know it's kind of unfortunate to hear, didn't really do things the right way. Um, but I still enjoyed the work. And, you know, it's something I, I never came back to, never thought I would return to that type of work. I did it, you know, just for, for quick cash, for college cash. I moved on and I went into a completely different industry. And 25 years later, I find myself, <laughs> you know, with an opportunity to, yeah, I, I know that the, the 25, when you say it out loud, it's like it's a long time, um, but it went by quick. So, you know, coming back, I had an opportunity to uh, work for the TCIA. I joined the team here. Um, in the role that I joined, the member member engagement team. So I'm the, as you said earlier, I'm the manager of member engagement for the Midwest. So I work with 13 states in the Midwest. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to go over every state. I could, I can pretty much rattle them off the top of my head. But um, my goal really is, you know, I'm there to really guide those companies on the re- resources that TCI offers. That's that's the elevator pitch. You know, we're, we're the industry itself, the industry association is there to advance tree care. That's what we're all about. Uh, we want to improve your business. We want to improve your safety. And what we try to do is bring those resources uh, to our membership to help you do that, to help you improve your business. That's exactly what we do. And that's actually what part of why I was so excited to um, have you on the show today is because I think there's a lot of overlap between what you do, uh, you know, what TCIA is doing to try and resource the industry and what and what I do, what Synclops has hired me to do. Um, to create resources to help business owners kind of level up uh, what they're doing. So uh, I'm really excited for this conversation today. Great, great. Yeah, well, I'm excited too to talk about, you know, how we can improve those processes to help your company. That's that's really what we're talking about. We're really, we want to mm-hmm. make your company 
uh, better. Um, but we can only want you have you have to actually, you know, utilize those resources that you're directed to. You have to, you know, the word that I use all the time is buy in. You have to buy into the fact that you're going to want to invest in, in your team. Um, you're going to want to train them. You're going to provide those resources. Uh, you know, training is it's it's so important because people are like, well, I, I don't really have the money to invest in, in in that right now. Well, you if you're looking at retaining talented people, how do you get them to buy in? You know, you're you're sharing the fact that you're you're providing them the tools to improve their personal skill set. So we want to empower people. You know, I use that word all the time. How do you empower your team? You give mm. them the tools to be successful. Um, well, and that's, you know, that's a perfect segue into your first point there. You said, yeah, you, know, yeah. you see companies investing in and empowering their team. What does investing in a team look like? Good question. You know, we we do talk about, you know, encouraging your team to utilize some of the free trainings that TCI offers. That's important. You know, you you want to you want to get your team involved in this industry. How do you do that? You you know, there's signature events that you can come to. You know, I I'm very lucky, Jay. I get to go and visit some great areas in the Midwest. I'm a Midwest guy myself. I'm born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Been out here in mm-hmm. New Hampshire for a while. Yeah, you know, Cleveland. Cleveland ro- does rock. It's all from all my Ohioans that are listening out there. Um, you know, but going to those signature ISA events, going to TCI events, you know, get people to see that this just isn't a, it isn't a job. It's a career. Um, so you hmm. want to empower your team to just understand that, you know, what they're doing isn't just a, a job, a nine to five, it's a career. It's something where they can grow and develop and, and make a difference too, uh, in, in their, in their personal lives and their careers. Um, it's a very fulfilling career. So that's an investment, you know, coming to events, investing in in, in their training and their skill sets, you know, directing them to, to earn credentials that are going to um, enable them to kind of share their skills with their team to be safer uh, and do things better. And that's really the truth of it. doing things better and not and not doing things in an unsafe manner. You want to do that. So that's uh, that's a large investment. Yeah, no, I I don't think I could agree anymore. So like training and education, um, and I think that's what you're driving at when you say send them to an event. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I yeah, think be- there's something too, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's something tremendous about just networking with like-minded people. I think that kind of energizes your team. Uh, is that fair to say? Oh, it absolutely is. I and mean, that's one of the best things that I get to do is I get to go and, and on a daily basis, you know, we're doing Zoom meetings, I'm making phone calls. A lot of times I might not have the answer. I'm not, you know, I'm not the best person in the world to talk to all the time about something specific. But guess what? I mean, I have I've been very lucky to meet some very talented people. And one of the biggest joys that I get is bringing other talented people together and help, having them work together to share their experiences and they're both improving, you know, that's the, I, I got to tell you, man, I get a, I get really jazzed up when that happens. I really do. And I've got a chance to do that this past year. And we went to the TCI expo. I got a chance to, you know, make some great connections, introduce some people to do that. And that, that's just, it, it's the best, man. It really, um, for me, there's nothing better. It makes me want to work harder when I do that, to be honest with you. Yeah. you know? Makes you want to meet more people, make more connections. Um, but yeah, the networking is huge. It really is. Yeah. And we had um, 
at, towards the end of season eight, we had uh, Megan Banowski from um, Upward Training and Development um, yeah. on the show. And one of the things she talked about in terms of investment was equipment. Um, do you have any thoughts about that as a tree care professional? Should um, a company consider um, the equipment that they're purchasing as an investment in their team? Well, they have to. And I'm going to tell you one of the biggest things now is we are we are struggling as an industry to recruit and retain talented people. And what mm-hmm. we're looking at now is how can we have a for, how can we have a force multiplier because we're we're losing people. So you do need to invest in that equipment. Um, but the investment comes with the thought that the equipment's great, but it's only as good as the operator that's trained mm. to safely operate that that uh, that equipment. It really is. You know, you can have you can have the most beautiful lift in the world. You can have the best bucket truck. You know, you can have the best crane. But if you're not, and this comes once again into investing in your team for training, so they understand how to operate. Because you're not only keeping your team safe, you're keeping your customer base safe, their property safe. So we have a lot of things that we're looking at that you're responsible for. And it comes down to you're only as good as your team, you know, and, and what you provide them to be successful. But yeah, Megan is, you know, she is a, uh, a, she's a trainer with the TCIA, very well thought of in our industry. And, you know, I'm, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm kind of sad to hear that I missed that episode. So thanks for telling me now that I need to go back <laughs> and do something, which is great. Um, so well, as full, full disclosure, it's not out as of the recording of our episode here, John. <laughs> so oh, great. All right. You'll have so a chance excellent. to listen to it before oh, your right. episode airs. Don't worry about I had, it. I had serious FOMO right there. I was like, oh man, I missed it. Um, so thanks for telling me that. Now I don't feel as bad that I missed something. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she's time, brilliant. So. Um, yep. but yeah, one of the things that, it's funny that you mentioned, um, equipment as like, and and recruiting and retention kind of in the same breath because that was one of the things she talked about. She was like, look, if you want to hang on to good arborists, like you need to invest. She was like, we all love shiny new equipment. Um, oh, yeah. But she was like, you know, at the same time, like don't cheap out on a harness and say, oh, well, I technically uh, fulfilled the, the letter of the law, you know, by providing you with this equipment, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it, you know, you get fatigue using it by the end of the day. She was like, go hard and invest in quality stuff and watch how your team responds when you they see you you are financially investing in them um in training and in equipment um so i don't know if you've seen any companies that are doing that well uh and if so how has that worked for them equipment allowances generally um but yeah you're absolutely right your employees are intuitive they know when you're cutting a corner and if you're cutting a corner and they sense that you know their head goes on a swivel and I'm going to yep. be very honest with you. They're going to start looking around. They're going to look for another company that is going to invest, that is going to be concerned with their safety, that wants them to be able to have the best equipment to do a, do a better job, to work, you know, to work in a much more productive fashion. So yeah, that that's something that people don't really think about. Your employees they're intuitive. They know when you're cutting a corner just to save a buck. But are you really saving that dollar? You have to ask yourself that as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Are you really just saving, saving $20, $30, $40? Or by constantly making those cuts and those corner cuts and, th- and thinking you're being thrifty, are you driving people away from wanting to be a part of your team? I, I could talk about culture all day. Yeah. You know, culture is obviously a driver. We talk about it constantly. 
And and the investment, we talk about investment empowerment, we're not just talking about training and safety. We're talking about investing in culture. Culture yeah, is really the driving um, So sorry to go off on a tangent. We're talking about investment and empowerment, but that really is a, a key component. You know, we always think all the time, we're like, oh, you know, I, I hear this a lot from my owners. They're like, hey, I don't really have a culture. I don't know what you're talking about. I go, you know, what else do you do besides work? No, I work. I pay my guys well. We go home at the end of the day. We don't really talk, but I pay my guys better than anybody else. People in this industry are not always looking for the highest paying job. They're looking to be a part of something bigger. Yes. Um, and we need to ask these questions of our team. We need to survey that. We need to sit down. We need to do those things. Um, because if we're not, we're missing an opportunity to grow our business. You know, our employees are our number one advocates for our company. They're the ones that are talking about after hours. They're talking about where they work. They're talking to their friends about what they do, other colleagues in the industry. So if you're trying to grow your business, how are you not having those discussions, you know, um, with your team and finding out more about what can you do better? You know, how can I, what more, what, what more can I give you to be better at your job and, and to help you be better, to help our customers and help our business grow? have these conversations. I 100% agree. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I've never had anybody ever 100% agree with me. This is great. I'm 100 for 100 today. This is great. Well, I mean, look, if you don't think you have a culture, that's a problem, first of all. Like, you're not paying enough attention to your business, in my opinion. Like, people, culture is formed anytime there's like, three people who have to try and figure out how to do something together, right? Two people for that matter. Um, there's, there's a culture, there's a dynamic, an interpersonal interaction that happens. And um, you can either choose to steward that very carefully and guide the way those interactions happen as a leader in your company, or you can let them happen organically and maybe, and, and you should for some things, mm-hmm. but you should, you should kind of like monitor um, what, what things are popping up that maybe aren't healthy. Right. Um, and, and, and try to, and try to steer the ship away from those icebergs. And I just, um, you're not paying attention to it, man. And look, and you, you mentioned <laughs> they think they're being thrifty. Well, guess what? Is it, is it cheaper to spend 50 bucks on every new harness you need to buy an extra $50 to get a better one? Or, or what are you going to spend in recruiting? Right. What's the cost to acquire a new climber because you cheaped out on it and lost uh, on the equipment and lost two of them. So do the math folks. Uh, (laughs) That's my opinion. No, no, Uh, again, I know I don't run a company. It's easy for me to say, I get that, but it doesn't mean the principle isn't true. I think it's great. I think, you know, it's like in our industry too, everybody looks at what everybody else has for toys. Let's be honest. You see, you know, we, we talk in our industry, other, other, other grounds guys, they're talking to other grounds guys, climbers. You have your own culture of your own. We know, like, everybody's talking. So, you know, we're all looking around. We're seeing what other what everyone else has and why why they're able to be so successful. Um, but it's funny we're talking about culture. How do you, like, my, my favorite question is, well, I don't even know how to get started with culture. And I share this with everybody. I'm like, share your success. You know, mm. share, share your success. And that doesn't always mean what people think it is think it means it doesn't mean oh well do i have to share all all the profits of my company no but to an extent you should share your success in the best way that fits mm-hmm. with what you determine that to be um does that mean 
you know, going out and, and doing something a little extra for your team. If it's warranted, why would you not do that? Your team, like the number one thing is your team is your family, your work family. Mm-hmm. And thinking of it where they're not just employees, but they're members of your family, you know, because you are responsible for their safety. So right. I think really kind of letting people know that you care and genuinely care about them is going to go a long way. Um, that's that's an investment, caring for people, actually genuinely caring for people. Mm-hmm. I believe I believe that. I don't just say that, Jay. I believe that in my heart and my soul. You know, I care yeah. about, you know, in in my you know, position here at TCIA, I genuinely care about the success and welfare of the people that I work with. And if you're a business owner, and I'm talking to you out there, mm-hmm. and you don't genuinely care for your employees, I wish you well because you're probably not going to have a business. And I'm yep. not saying that as a there. I'm being just very honest and very, yep. very frank. Um, so try to find a try to find a way to um, share your success. So sorry to be so gloomy. I don't know if it's no, the weather. No, no. Look, I, I don't think know if it's the weather that's making me gloomy on a on a on a <laughs> rainy day in New Hampshire, but you know. Don't want to be a doomsayer. I'm usually a positive guy, but I just, you know, some harsh medicine sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think it's things too that sometimes um, it's easy to lose sight of. And hopefully someone listening to this, you know, this is the kick in the pants they need hearing it from uh, someone who literally talks to tree care companies every day for a living, right? Like that's that's your job. So hopefully that, uh, that helps somebody right the ship. Um, you said investment though and empowerment. What does empowerment look like? And I think I, I want to spend a minute here. Um, is that simply giving them a title? Is that trusting them to run with an idea? Can you just kind of define what you mean when you say empowering your team? Well, you've invested. I think we take it from the first step. We take in the fact that you have invested in their training and their development, and you're investing in their success. Well, when, do, when now it comes a time to empower them to lead when they're ready. And there's a number of tools that you can utilize to ensure that they have, you know, gained competency to be ready to be empowered as leaders and managers of Mm. a company. So that's what I'm talking about. We're talking about empowerment. It's when do, you know, people want to grow. It's, It's natural. You want to grow and thrive. But we have to make sure as business owners and and, you know, owners of companies that you are, you have the skills and you're ready to do that. So you're empowering your team when they're ready after you've made the, those investments. So that's important to understand that, you know, sometimes the training wheels have to come off, but you have to provide your team, your work family, just spoken air quotes right there <laughs> um, for all those out there. You have to be ready for that. And, and that's the empowerment that we're looking for. Empower your team to be leaders when they're ready. Encourage that growth and development. Um, reward it reward that you know i'm real big on the on reward reward that once it once it's attained um i think that's very important yeah i think um the other thing i want to ask just kind of as a follow-up there do you believe there's any correlation between empowering your team and like employee satisfaction employee retention those kinds of things and profitability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all of those. And I, we we forget that main one, too, is if you have an empowered team, they're bought into your success. They're going to go that extra mile. That's right. You know, that that's huge. You know, we're trying to grow a business. They're going to be there for your customer. They're not going to treat this as just another, yeah, I'm here to do a removal. Yay, great. It's going to be, hey, I'm here to do a removal. Also, you know, 
I want to point out some other things on your property that might need some attention. And there's some opportunities for some plant healthcare right there too. I, I think we, you know, mm-hmm. so your, your team is going to feel more bought in. It's about the buy-in. We want you to buy in to the fact that we're trying to grow this business to for you as well. You're a part of our success. And once again, back to that. So yeah, you're right about that. I mean, the correlation between absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know if that was something, of that's something that kind I of instinctively I... makes sense to me. It's made sense to me in my working career. You know, when an employer has trusted me, like, Hey, I'm going to give you leash. Like you've got a, you've got an idea. You've got something that you think you can accomplish. I'm going to get you access to training and I'm going to allow you to run with that concept that has built for me personally. Like I felt like, wow, I'm really grateful. Like I want to work for this team, um, for this company. So I just wasn't sure if that was just a me thing or if that's something that you'd seen, uh, in companies that you've been working with. No, that's, I'm, I got to tell you, I, I started cutting you off because I got super excited, which I, I tend to do. Um, <laughs> but you, sorry, I just like that. I'm excited. Oh, it's all good. Um, providing your employees a forum um, to, to provide feedback on, on what they need. You know, a lot of times you're not really setting aside any formal time to do that. So a large part of it is have a structure, implement a structure to provide your employees the opportunity to give you feedback as an I love owner. That. Um, I think that's going to lead to a lot of success, a lot of a lot of candid conversations, things that, you know, maybe in the environment that we're in, there's not going to be the opportunity to have that conversation on the back of a tailgate, you know, right after a job brief. That's not going to be there. But structuring a time, maybe on a Friday when you're in the office and, you know, there's bad weather like there is here in New Hampshire today. Um, you know, that's when you're going to have a good conversation. Hey, I got everybody set up for a half hour discussion. I want to talk about some things and providing them a one-on-one opportunity. That's, that's huge. You know, that's going to help you as a business owner that maybe you didn't have your eyes on something and you're going to be like, wow, I just set aside 20 minutes out of my day. And I know that I'm busy because I'm running my own crew, but I listened to Johnny over there and he had this convert brought this to my attention. I had no idea it was happening. And that, that insight is, it, it can be really a game changer. So provide that forum for your team to give feedback. Structured, um, you know, one thing, structured surveys are really helpful too. You know, you can find a survey, there's surveys out there all over the place. There's companies that offer surveys uh, to employers. Those are very helpful. You could come up with your own survey uh, on some questions that you feel that you want to ask your team for the end of the year kind of discussion. Do that hear their feedback. That's going to lead to more buy-in. They're going to be empowered. To, they're going to feel, they're going to feel like that the business is part of them. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. I, I would just add the caveat because um, I, I love what you just said and I, I agree with it wholeheartedly. Um, I would just add the caveat. If you're listening to this and I think you're, you're an owner and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I cannot take every suggestion, right? <laughs> that's fine but be willing to act on some of them, right? Because if you're not, if you're just taking the feedback and then you literally do nothing with it, that's almost worse than not asking for it. Wow, that's pretty poignant right there. Yeah, that's absolutely, yeah. Um, Because your employees are your company. Um, You know, Richard Branson always says that, you know, I don't have a company if I don't have employees. Well, you know, it's true. Mm -hmm. Look how successful that that company, Virgin, you know, Virgin uh, Galactic is, um, I just see it a lot on LinkedIn and it just always sticks out to me about 
his emphasis on employees and, and yeah. that's why he's so successful. So yeah, that's yeah you don't have to, you don't have to take every suggestion. You know, you might have, look, we've all worked with those people. There's every once in a while you get somebody on a crew that's like way out there. You obviously don't have to take every single suggestion, right? But you do have to um, thoughtfully approach these, I think. And like, okay, if I'm hearing the same type of feedback, like maybe there's an issue with communication between sales and production. Maybe it's a scheduling issue. Maybe it's an equipment issue. You, you, when you pick up on these constant themes, then you really need to like, okay, I need to address these so that my team stays engaged uh, and so that the company runs more productively because it's something they're seeing every day and I'm not. Yeah. Very accurate. Very accurate. Um, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that you don't have to, you know, you're not going to take everybody's advice. You're just not. Um, but everybody's got a screwball that works for them, right? Like we all know that. I could be that. I, <laughs> I think I'm that, that screwball here at Single Ops. <laughs> I could be that one at TCIA. I'm not sure. Um, I'll 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 wear that hat. I'm okay with that because I'm a little. Uh, I'm an excitable guy. I'm pretty passionate about what I do, and sometimes, uh, you know, for those that know me out there, maybe I am that screwball. But that's that's all right. You know, that uh, adds a little color to the environment, right? <laughs> Uh, you mentioned as one of the second second point you mentioned was long-term planning to be successful. So I just want to dive into what does long-term planning look like, in your opinion, for tree care companies? And if you could just kind of expand on that a little bit. Yeah, of course. I think a lot of times our, our, our owners of companies are, you know, they own a company, but is it really a company or do you just own a job? Are you really, do you really think about where your company is going to be five years from now? What is the goal of your organization? Um, you know, we talk about business plans all the time, how important they are. Mm. Of course, a business plan is, it, it's very helpful. It's very important to have one, have one done. But if you don't have a business plan, at least have an outline of what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, you know, a lot of times people don't have the time to sit down and write a very successful business plan or don't know how to do that. Um, and if you don't reach out to me, I will definitely direct you on how to do that and some tools. And I'm sure at the end of this, Jay, you'll probably provide my, my contact information, but absolutely, that, you know, that's one of my favorite things to talk about is think about, you know, what you're going to do with your business long-term, you know, um, are you going to hand your business down to your, to your children, or are you going to go to an ESOP company and, you know, make your, may have your employees own your company. So have a, have thoughts in your mind about what you want to do. And the other thing too, we talk about with planning to be successful. It's, you know, it's equipment planning, it's resource planning, it's, you know, planning for the year ahead, you know, looking at everything. If you're just working on a day-to-day -day basis on running your company, you're never going to be able to run it successfully or grow it. Mm. Successfully. And I have a friend who owns a business. Um, he has a small farming business and he's constantly behind the eight ball. And I know that he plans on running his business, but so many things on a daily basis go wrong in his business. And I kind of want to grab him and shake him. I don't know if he's going to listen yep. to my listen to the pod. I want to shake him. I go, where's your plan? You know, you have to plan for these contingencies when things go wrong. And, you know, we need to always start thinking ahead. Mm. The long-term plan is it's, you know, are, what are you going to do with your business? What is your, you know, when you reach a certain age, are you still going to want to do this business? Are you going to, you're going to be 70 years old climbing a tree? You can, uh, you should, yeah. <laughs> but um, is that optimum? Probably not, not for yeah. everyone. Um, I know, I know a guy in Kansas, good friend of mine uh, who, who has, who has climbed until he was 70 years old. 
So mm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're out there doing it. Um, but long term, guess what? Guess what he's doing? He's put, he's handed over the reins to his daughter to start running running her company, yeah. his company. So he had that 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 sight, that vision mm-hmm. that that was what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, a few years or excuse me, a few months ago, um, I wrote an uh, an article uh, for Green Industry Pros about succession planning, and I didn't know a ton about it. So. Um, luckily I had a buddy that I went to college with who is a certified financial planner now. And he actually, this is his job. He helps, he basically helps like the uber wealthy, like the top 1% of the top 1%, um, figure out what to do with that money. Like once they're gone, right. How to, how to like philanthropically like reinvest it. That's his, his job. So it sounds rough. Right. Um, but I asked him about this and he said, <laughs> and he said something that just like totally, um, stuck in my mind. He said, look, if you can't step away from the business, like if the business requires you to be there to function, you're never going to be able to sell your business. You're not selling an investment. You're selling somebody a new job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Whoa. Really, really. Like, it like messed up my head. Right. I'm like, yeah, you're selling somebody an obligation. If you don't have things structured in a way where you can step away from the business. Um, so yeah, it's just something that, um, that always kind of like, and I think that that's what you're driving at. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. 100% you are working a job and you're right about stepping away because my friend that we're talking about, he can't leave for three days. He can't pick up and go camping with his, with his Mm. kid. You know, he can't do those little things because if he does, his business will crash and the financial burden will be more cumbersome. So you're absolutely right about that. And unfortunately, many of the owners that I, many owners that I work with, they're in that position and they're in that position for not the reasons you would think. It does come down to finding and retaining quality help because they're not able, because they're not making that investment, they're in the Mm. situation they're in. You know what I mean? So it really is, it really, one does lead to another. It really is kind of the trickle down effect. Um, and that's why it's, you know, when you asked me about some of the, the three items we were going to discuss today, that's really what I started thinking about. I'm like, how does one affect the other? And that's exactly it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that last point you mentioned was that companies that are successful are, you know, kind of constantly improving. They're, they're, they're determined to constantly be improving. Uh, what does what defines improvement? I guess is a good place to start. What do you mean by they're improving? Uh, is that all, revenue? Is that training? All, is it you know whatever? The, the, always, always looking for a better way to do things. Always better way to do things. things. Yeah, it. just very general. I mean, that's the big omnipotent statement. I'm looking for a better way to do things. And when I say better, it's safer. It's more profitable. It's it's with a growth focus. So yeah, you're looking at you know everything. It's just all encompassing. Um, Determined to constantly improve who you are as a professional in this industry Hmm. as well. You know, a a lot of times I I talk to ISA certified arborists, they're board certified master arborists. They know everything about the plant biology of a tree, but have they done a little bit more to enhance their safety knowledge? You know, there's, there's things Hmm. that they can do to do that. So it's, it's being an all-star in one category. And, you know, I, I equate it to baseball. You know, you're a DH. You can hit 50 home runs a year. If I put you out in the field and you try to get a ground ball, that ground ball might go through your go through your glove. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So thinking about the making yourself better in this industry too, helping your team improve. Once again, going back to empowering it and investing in your team. So you're constantly improving your own personal skill set, which is going to help you improve your team and also improve for your customers. You know, your customers deserve better because if you're not thinking like that, guess what? There's somebody out there that is. Uh, and you yep. know, we want to raise, you know, rising tides raise all ships. We want the TCIA where, where I work, we want to improve the, the field for everyone. We want everyone to raise their game. We want everyone to be safer, improve safety standards, have access to more training. It's very important. Um, we're here to support this entire industry. You're here to support it just like I am. And I look at that as, you know, we're on the same, we're on the same team, but yeah, constantly. Absolutely. So what are some characteristics of a company that's constantly trying to improve? Like what things do they do? How do the employees behave? Uh, how does it feel for those employees working in an environment like that? A good, good question. It's mindset. You know, are you willing to do more? You know, we have a lot of times you're in a comfort zone. Are you, you know, are you really thinking about that? Once again, going back to planning to be successful, you know, are, are you just living in the moment, raking in the cash on doing removal? And that's all you're thinking about. Um, but having the mindset that you're willing to improve, it comes down to the mindset, understanding that, you know, if you're not going to be proactive, you're going to be reactive. You're going to be react reactive to the point where you're going to be reacting to that. I have to replace someone now because I didn't, I wasn't willing to improve the work mm. environment or, or listening to them. So it's, it's, it's an overall mindset. And a lot of us, let's be honest, we're, we get into a, we get a little bit complacent. So I'm hoping that whoever's listening out here right now starts thinking just a little bit about, you know, have I been complacent? Have I been really willing to improve my business and my own personal skill set? Ask yourself that question. I ask myself that question, to be very honest with you, Jay, and be very transparent. I asked myself that question, and I didn't like the answer that I got because I had to be very, very honest with myself and say, hey, you know what? I've been very immersed in everything else going around, and you know, I'm just working really hard to do this, but am I really... I haven't really taken the next steps to kind of improve my own personal skills mm. to be better for my members in my organization. And I think when you look introspectively and you look in the mirror and you're saying, Hey, is there some little, so what I did is I, I was determined to make an improvement. So I mm. reached out to, I reached out to, and you and I shared this off, uh, offline, you know, I'll, I'll be very honest with the team, you know, work-life balance. I wasn't, I wasn't really committed to wanting to improve my work-life balance because I enjoy what I do. But I realized that if I didn't, I'm not going to be the best that I can be. So I've reached out to try to, you know, get some help to understand how I can balance that better. Yeah. You know, sharing, I don't mind sharing that with people because I think a lot of us in our industry, we're, we're just going to plow through and work as hard as possible. But is that the best way to to, to be productive and, and be of service to our 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 team? And, and our customers. Yeah, I love that. So what are, um, someone's listening to this and they're an owner or maybe they work in a company. What are some signs um, from a company that's maybe not committed to improvement? What does what does that look like? What are some of the like red flags that they should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so they're hemorrhaging employees. <laughs> their, their turnover is just constant. Um, if that's the case, I would actually ask you as an owner, 
why are you turning over so many employees? Ask yourself, why am I losing so many people? You know, why are my profits down? Why are my reviews down? So those are things that are red flags. Absolutely. You're looking at a loss in sales. You're looking at a loss in morale. You're looking at, you know, negative feedback from customers. So those are all red flags, of course. Um, why, you know, in our business, let's be honest, a lot of our companies in our industry are extremely busy. You know, they're they're booked out six, eight weeks. And if you're listening to me out, out there, probably longer, you know, um, but you're, you might not notice the the drain now, but eventually you will. Um, but some of those things are, are are pretty apparent when you have those those red flags, profit, hemorrhaging employees. You know, this is um, things that don't have to happen if you you know if you're committed to improving the environment. You know, be mm-hmm. committed to improve the environment of your business. Um, that's that's small. You know, that's a small step. Maybe it's a, a morale issue. Um, you know, the morale is easy to see. Body language tells us everything. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's just a couple little things I just noticed off the top of my head. No, those are all super stellar. And I'm going to tee this one up for you, hopefully really nicely. I hope this is a good segue for you here, John. Um, if someone's listening to this, they want to start improving their company. How do they go about doing that? Or what resources? I'm, I'm, I'm lobbing you a softball here. Here you go. You uh, are. Uh, <laughs> no, there are there are industry resources. Yeah, you totally lobbed that one up right there. I mean, geez, uh, that's great. I, I I prefer those questions. Um, you know, there's there's resources. Uh, obviously, I'm one resource here at the TCIA. Um, you know, if you're out there in the Midwest and you're you're like, well, how do I do those things? Well, reach out to me. I'd be happy to guide you to those. You know, as an arborist or or somebody as a you know a tree care professional, or even if you're in landscaping, um, there are industry support organizations that are there for you. And, you know, you might be apprehensive to join them for whatever reasons. Maybe maybe you didn't have a good experience the last time you were with an organization. But I put this back on you. Did you actually leverage all the resources of all the support groups, of all the, you know, organizations that are out there to actually help you understand your business better? So it comes down on you as a business owner or you as a professional to leverage all the resources properly. You know, TCIA is one of them. The ISA is another. You know, you have local mm-hmm. ISA chapters. You have, you know, the landscape organization also has their um, has their support organization. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you, are you leveraging, you know, one that we don't even talk about very often locally? You know, your local chamber of commerce can even be a resource. There's, Absolutely. Know, other people are willing to mentor you as a business owner and help you. It's, Sometimes it's really hard because we're introverted and we don't know how to get out of our shell. Well, you know, there's still mm. ways you can still navigate, you know, your if, if you're not a people person and you're not outwardly enjoying talking to people, there's still ways that you could still enhance your own personal skill set and understanding of how to make your business better. Um, it, it just really comes down to researching them and talking with people. Or if you're not talking, emailing and reaching out. You know, I have people that I work with on a daily basis, Jay. They don't enjoy talking on the phone. And I get that. Um, I'm more than happy to talk email, uh, text, any way we can to point you in the right direction. But it's you have to want to do those things. You you know, you have to want it. You've got to want to do that for for yourself um, and and for your your team and your family. It's important. Yeah, and I would say too. I think so. Is that a double or a triple? You, you teed it up for me. Was that a double or a triple? I think it was really good. I think it was at least a double. All right, I'll take it two. At least a double. You're rounding second. Um, All right. 
<laughs> what I was just going to say is I think too, um, sometimes uh, as an owner, depending on the size of your company, I understand this is not a feasible solution for everybody. Um, but sometimes owners feel like that a lot of pressure, like I have to do all of this myself. You can keep, you know, ownership in the family and bring in a CEO, bring in a company president, um, bring in somebody to help you with those areas that you're not as good at or not as comfortable with. Right. right? Um, to, to help with those business things. And even that is an investment in the company, because if you realize, Hey, this is not my skill set, And I, you know, I would rather be in a tree, <laughs> uh, than do these things. That's where I feel at home. That's where I feel comfortable bring in somebody who's got good business jobs, right? Like, um, I think that's also a viable resource. Um, and if you, if you're listening to this and you've never been there, um, go to, go to TCIA.org. I'll get the plug in for you. This is where I thought you were going to go, John, go to TCIA.org and click on build your business. There's a bunch of tabs at the top, click on build your business. And there are just at least a dozen different resources here. Um, membership, peer groups, accreditation, career, how they even have a thing on coaching you how to, um, recruit. Right. Um, there's a toolkit there that, uh, shows you how to recruit new help for your business. So, um, there's a lot of resources there. Jay, you did a better job plugging it than I did. I was just going to give my phone number and email address and say, Hey, (laughs) cause listen, I love when people call me. I love when people ask, come out and they say, Hey, I heard you on a podcast or I, you know, I heard your TCIA podcast and I'm curious, you know, what can you do? But yeah, you're right about that. There And there are webinars that we offer our members. You know, there's free training that TCI offers its members. There's just a ton of resources that a business owner can leverage on during the first couple of weeks of being a member of the TCIA that are going to be game changers for them. Um, you know, mm. I love talking about those things. And I'm glad you brought up some of the re- some of the areas right there. Um, but there's so many more. And we could probably spend general, probably about another hour talking about them, uh, <laughs> I think but I don't could. think you have that time. And, you know, I know yeah. that I know my members are definitely looking to speak to me the rest of the day. So, yeah, I mean, that that's that's great that we talked about that. Now, do you mind if I I drop my phone number and email address as a plug right now? Is that OK? No, please do. All right. Excellent. So if you're looking to contact me, folks, really easy to get a hold of. So my first name is John. My last name is Lewis. And you can reach me at 603 603- 792-1292. That's my direct line. And if you have a question, you want to email me, really easy to do. It's J Lewis, J L E W I S at TCIA.org. That's fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, to get a small plug in for us here too, um, if it's a business resource you're looking for, you know, you need information about how to run your business better. Um, we're constantly producing. I'm constantly writing articles. We have free downloadable resources. Um, we have this podcast, obviously, if you're listening to it. Um, but you can go to singleops.com. And if you navigate them to the main menu, there's, there's, uh, you can find blogs. Uh, there's a blog tab and also some resources under there. So, um, or reach out to me, Jay at singleops.com. Happy to, to help you if there's a business question that you have. But, um, that's, I think why this episode was a lot of fun is that John and I both, uh, kind of think along the same lines, just, uh, we want, we want the industry to, to succeed. You know, I love that analogy that, you know, uh, when a rising tide, all the boats go up. So, um, <laughs> when everybody, when everybody, uh, when we all go up together, um, everybody wins. So 
John, thank you so much for making the time to be here today. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Jay, thanks for having me. I had a great time. I really did. Absolutely. 